Hello, and welcome to About This Writing Thing, a bi-weekly podcast about living the writing life. I am your host, novelist Sayward B. Eller, and I am thrilled again, once again, to have with me today another author talking about their writing life and their process and even their debuts or their most recent releases, their upcoming releases. I'm just excited to talk about it all. Today I have Diane C. Braley. She is the author of Unheard Whispers, a book of poetry released in April 2022, and The Silence in the Sound, her debut in women's fiction. It was released in August 2022, and that is actually how I met Diane. We are in the same Um, writing organization, the Women's Fiction Writers Association, and she put out fillers for people to read ARCs, and unfortunately I have failed her thus far because I soon after entered a terrible reading slump, but I am very excited to have Diane on the show today, and I hope that you will join me in welcoming her. Welcome to the show, Diane. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Now, we have, I actually just said in your intro that we connected through WFWA, the Women's Fiction Writers Association, and um, so I think you are, you're my second guest that's in the organization with me. My first one was Carrie Chappett, who I'm sure you know her as well, so um we can talk a little bit about writers organizations since we since this is how we met but also you're um you're a little different from the other authors that i've had on so far because i've had um some that are published with small presses i've had indie authors on but you are actually considered um aren't you considered a hybrid author or are you considered like a traditional indie author because your publisher Kohler books is like an indie press. Kohler is, they have, they're both hybrid and traditional. So they do both. So it depends on, you know, if you have a following, if you have a really good hook, if you, you know, if you've published before, you, you know, then you did well, they may offer you a traditional contract, but they also do the hybrid too. Okay, fantastic. Now, you put out a book. Did Kohler put out your book of poetry in April, Unheard Whispers? No, that was that was a separate publisher, which I, I didn't expect to get picked up, and I just kind of compiled a bunch of poems, and I said, let me, I had a professor at school, because I went back to school for creative writing, and they, she said, you should submit this, and I did, just in the interim, and it got picked up, and I said, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. I I know that um, being a fiction writer is very difficult. I imagine being a poet is even more difficult, especially to actually oh see your stuff out there. I don't know about that. I fiction writing is I think so writing a novel, any novel, and especially fiction because you're you know you're creating these worlds and characters. Um, in you know some might be inspired by actual people and places of course but poetry is what I use to in in between writing longer works I think it's like a little instant gratification I can 
write my feelings and almost express where I'm at or what I'm thinking of or past emotions and, and I can kind of get that out there fairly quick and it's it's satisfying I can instead of you know researching rereading and I mean there's of course editing that goes into it and you do do some of that but to me I I find I find it's much better but I guess I, I think what you're saying too is you can be it can really make you vulnerable yes because you're putting you're putting a lot of your heart out there yes <laughs> how long have you been writing and tell the listeners what all do you write do you write different genres are you strictly women's fiction and poetry I have been writing you know I've been writing since I was a kid I started I grew up blue collar in a bit of a tough town north of Boston and we're writing in the arts and I think like many inner cities it's not really I don't want to say encouraged because I'm sure it is some in some ways, but I don't think it's nurtured enough. And you know, work terms like food on the table and you need a job to pay your bills, things like that. Where that's what was said, but but yet you know, you could have passions, but maybe just you know do those as a hobby or later or something like that. So I would write. I got a journal when I was a kid, and I. Um, wrote in it every day, you know, Dear Diary, blah, blah, blah. And that was boring. I just found that really boring. But And I just felt this need to just more express my feelings and my angst and all that. I, I grew up in an alcoholic home, and I'm only saying that because it's pertinent to my book. I'm not I'm not saying that like, oh, I shout that from the rooftops. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I wanted to, to express myself, and I started – ever inspired by 80s music I'm showing my age I know I started writing almost lyrically and I didn't realize that was poetry and that's kind of how I got into writing poetry and I felt kind of a release from that um and then I you know went on writing here and there little essays and things like that I got a poem published and but it wasn't it was just a back burner thing and I I just didn't think, what, you know, what am I going to do with this? I, I don't know. And I stopped, and I then later, I became a nurse, and like my mother, um, which was incredibly difficult and absolutely rewarding, helping people and caring for them, and, and I was, I'm a good nurse, I was good at it, and I became a nurse. I moved to Martha's Vineyard. I fell in love with the island uh, on a trip when I was younger and I just on a whim just moved there and I ended up working for a famous author and you know I sometimes I think the planets align because he wrote about things incredibly dark and my life had been I have my own darkness I think we all do and I he took his his writing he wrote about the darkness of himself and also of the world and I was just really, I was just so inspired to be in this house of his kids are artists and creators and his wife's a poet and there was all kinds of people in and out that are, you know, famous authors, well-known people and it was just really just like, wow. <laughs> and I have to say, I know I'm being long-winded, but that kind of just, you know, that started a fire in me and I wanted I wanted to write again. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, um, I'm reading your book and the... Um... I really, I particularly am enjoying the 
scenes in the past where she is trying to kind of come to terms with who her dad is and what he's done to the family. And then, of course, in the early 2000s, she's working with the uh, famous author, I believe he is, Mr. S. So it's it's interesting to hear you talk about your life and how it, it's kind of parallel, which, I mean, we all know that fiction comes from a part of us. So um, will you talk about how difficult it was to put your past self into this character and kind of expose what it is truly like to live with someone with such an addiction. Interestingly enough, I didn't, I knew I had to tell this story um, probably for about 15 years. I wanted to tell the story. I didn't plan on writing about Georgette and her father's relationship, a relationship with her father so much and so intensely. That really wasn't what I was going to do going in. Um, and then I started writing and it, it, it just evolved and mm -hmm. it just kept coming out of me. And I really, I, I couldn't believe how much I could connect to the feelings that I had at a young, as a child and as a young adult. I, I, I mean, it was just, it was like, I could just go right back to that, that relationship. And I, I just had to keep going and see what happens with it. And Yes, it was, the book is inspired by actual events. There's a lot of, there was a, a lot of grief and that I, I had gone through. And it was, it took me, my father passed away from alcoholism when I was 18. And I loved him dearly. He was sober for seven years and actually became a drug and alcohol counselor. Um, he helped many, many people get and sober in the North Shore area and I couldn't be more proud to be his daughter but living with him was incredibly difficult and living with an addiction as many people know is it can really do some damage and I though was able to you know move past that I mean not move past it but um, kind of it was, you know, I was 18, mm -hmm. and then I just had another, I had another death in my life of someone from addiction, and that was just really traumatic. So writing the book, it took me a while to do this and to be able to have the strength to write it, and it did, it did bring back a lot. It was very cathartic, and it was really emotional. Sometimes you think you're, sometimes you think you work through things and all mm -hmm. that, and when you, when you tap into those feelings from who you were at the time, and obviously Georgette is a fiction, but it, you know she's, there's a lot of truth there. When you tap into those feelings, it really just awakes that emotion inside of you, and 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 you and you kind of wanted it to go to sleep and mm -hmm. stay there. You didn't even know, I, you know, I actually thought it was wasn't there anymore. <laughs> and oh, it's certainly there, and there's a lot of there were some tears and a lot of a lot of. Um, hard times in writing it and I just I just wanted to say I know I'm going on but the honestly the hardest one of the hardest times was when I was writing about Georgia as when she was a young adult and struggling with her relationship with Doc this mysterious man mm -hmm. that she's in love with and kind of he's taking on a roller coaster ride and she's going no matter what um I 
I tapped into my own feelings from a relationship that I had, and I, I didn't like, as I'm writing this character, I didn't like her. I, I, and that really was hard for me because it, it was kind of like I didn't like myself, and, and that was really challenging. I bet it was. I'm actually, <laughs> as I'm reading, I actually like his brother more. I like Will more than I like Doc. Oh, sure. So, he's, he's I, a safe guy. <laughs> Yeah, he's a really good guy, and he seems, I mean, Doc is this mysterious guy, and I understand the pull for mystery and and bad boy, but Will just seems like this really down-to-earth, really kind and generous person, so um, I'm rooting, I always root for that guy whenever, (laughs) whenever I'm reading something, so, (laughs) but I totally get what you're saying about how it's almost cathartic when we're writing these characters whose lives are so close to what we have experienced in our own lives. I did the same thing when I was writing my first book that's been out on submission forever and today. She is a survivor of sexual abuse and it was, I thought I had dealt with everything and you get into writing this and it's like it writes itself. That this book, and you're you're thinking, oh, this is the one, this is the story, and then you realize that you're working through your traumas as you're writing this character, and it's like, oh, where did that come from? <laughs> so, yeah, I, th- I think even I think it's even more difficult than when you know I've gone to therapy for many years, and I'm a big believer in therapy, and I, when you're ta- when I'm talking to you about my feelings. I don't, it can be, yes, it can be challenging in its own way and really hard, but when you're writing from your own perspective, from the time things, the actual time things, in real time of how you felt them then, from inside of you, I think it's just so, I, I, I recommend it to work through things, but I also think you're going to go, you're going to go down a dark, you might go down a dark yeah. road and it might be really really hard yes absolutely absolutely and how did you deal with that while you were writing because I mean even with the book that I just finished even writing her and and um she was a survivor of kind of um she her her mother tried to kill her when she was a child so I never experienced that I'm I'm there's barely any of me in this character but even when you're writing these really tough characters and you're really getting into who they are, whether you experienced it or whether you've just read about other people's experiences. And and here we are, we can be because of fiction and because of who we are, we can be very empathic at times. So as you are getting consumed by this darkness that you're writing, how did you handle those times when you really felt if you if you had those, which I I feel like from our conversation you, you might have, when you had those really dark moments that you were kind of in this person, how did you handle that as yourself? Well, I will say I writing when it came to things, you know, thinking about growing up in addiction and my father and things like that. I you know that was. Not easy, but it was easier to talk about to say my husband, um, my family, my son, things like that. But people like people like that. But being 
tapping into, and this is, you know, completely honest, my, the, the character of Doc is inspired by um, my son's father, my ex-husband, who passed away from addiction as well, which I, you know, I, I never thought that I would, I never, ever thought, I thought I was way too smart, I thought, I never thought I would go down there, I never thought I would choose someone, you know, who was an addict, and I did. And I ran all the way to Martha's Vineyard and did that. <laughs> and uh, writing, and the, obviously, as I said, there's a, a lot of fiction there, which that's the, those are the pieces that made it easier when you went the actual fiction of the character and that it's not completely true and all that. But writing from when I have to put my feelings in it, and that was really hard because I'm, I'm going back to feelings of him then and and then being married. I'm, I'm currently married. It's, it's like another life almost. And my husband now, I just, you know, it, it's kind of challenging. I don't, you know, I don't want to, I'm not going to talk to him so much about, <laughs> well, I'm struggling writing about Doc because he knows, he knows Doc is inspired by this, um, my son's father. And I, and he knows how I felt. And sometimes love is not enough and you, you aren't able to sometimes be with someone that you love, and that can be tragic, and that's just the way it is. So I, that that was very hard because you you know some things you had to keep had to keep a little bit had to downplay a little mm-hmm. bit or keep it a little bit quiet close to the vest, and, and that was really tough. I bet so. I bet so. Now we've talked about. I think that we've gotten a bit of an idea of where you actually get where well where you got this idea from and um what I'm curious about is because so many there's such a divide in the writing community amongst plotters and pantsers where do you fall are you more of a plotter what is your process do you are you like I spoke with Rosie Weiler Owen last week and she said she writes 30,000 words to an outline before she even starts writing the book. And that blows my mind because me, I have a character name. I have a little bit of their past in my head and I sit down and I write. So I'm very much a pantser. Where do you fall in the plotter pantser realm? I, you know, I have some guilt with this. I always feel like I I see all these, you know, people doing these massive outlines and reading all of these books and, and I, and I see their desks with all the stick and I'm just like, wow. Cause I don't. And, th- and then I was actually listening to an interview from the author. Oh my God, her name, I forget now who wrote on um, eat, pray, love. Mm-hmm. I forget her name. God. Sorry. I do too. <laughs> um, and she, my process is more like her. She said she, she lay, she, a book comes in her head and that's the idea for the story. And then she, she'll she just think about it for, she says, like, two years. Sometimes a year, sometimes two. She'll just start just plotting it in her head. She doesn't even write anything down. And then she'll start writing. And I feel like I that's what I do. But I, I have these epiphanies of, I kind of, I do what you do. I take the characters. I kind of write a little backstory who they are. Very, very general because I kind of want to see where they, where I take them. And I know the, I know the plot. I kind of know where I want the story to go. It doesn't mean it's going to go that way. I'm not. I don't. I don't stick to that. But I, I have this thing. 
I wake up in the I'll wake up in the middle of the night. I will be walking the dogs, and all this, this great line or these great like change. I and I have note the notes on your phone. I I just or I text myself it. All night, I swear to God, some nights I do this, and it drives me crazy, but I have to get up and text myself. I'll put it in, in notes, mm-hmm. and, and sometimes I wake up, and I'm like, what did I even write? I don't even know, but <laughs> I get a lot of good, it, it, it comes to me at night a lot, these, mm-hmm. these little little tidbits of things, and I that, that, that's my process, honestly. I don't, and it's working for me. I have, I'm halfway through my second book, and I that's just how I got to do it. <laughs> <laughs> it works for me too. I've got so many notes on my phone and I have post-its up that will just have like a line. Like I have, oh, yeah. yeah, and I have a post-it on my wall in front of my desk that is my, one of my main characters in the book that I'm working on now. And I will build an entire chapter around this one line. So I totally get it. <laughs> and then I, you know what I realized though, when that comes to me, I had something come to me and I'm like, oh, this would, this is, this is great. This is going to be a pivotal point in the story. And then I can circle back at the end and they're going to, so I, so then I'll have this all from this, this one little line, this thought. And I did, I'll build this. I just, I did it yesterday. I built this whole chapter around this. And then I know the, how the ending is going to kind of tie up and tie in with this little, just from a line. And that's, yeah. if I got too technical with it, it, it I don't think it would be any good. No. And I would lose, I would lose interest, which I think is what a lot of pantsers say is, you know, if, if you've already written the story out, what's the point of writing the story? <laughs> so. yeah, me too. Then it becomes not, there's, it's already a ton of work and it, then it becomes just no fun at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause I, I need the creative juice. I need the creative aspect of it. Yes, absolutely. So we are running out of time. I just want to ask you, um, just one more question. What is your best advice to new writers? What is the one thing that you would that you have learned over the years that you want new writers to know? Well, it's so funny. I, I, um, the, the author that I did work for on Martha's Vineyard was William Steyer, an author of Sophie's Choice. Oh. And I, yeah, he was a remarkable man and um, a genius writer and melancholy and but became my motivator as I said and I remember answering his some mail some fan mail with him and he he said uh someone said what you know do you have any writing advice and he said yes don't do it (laughs) (laughs) I agree with that advice (laughs) um but he also told me the age-old advice saying write about what you know and Mm -hmm. that's his advice I my advice for this writing and anything you want to accomplish is you need especially with a book especially because you can tell everybody you're writing a book your own mother you could tell you're writing a book and they kind of maybe not everyone has it like this but I've heard many stories they kind of poo-poo you everyone's writing a book Mm -hmm. and you have to believe in yourself you have to get up and discipline yourself and do this See the course. It's baby steps. It doesn't happen overnight. It is the longest journey ever. Yes. And you cannot let anyone get in your way because no one is going to be no one's going to be excited for you. Nobody until until your big publishing day, and then they then they say when's the movie coming out? Oh, they think you're <laughs> then they think you're a millionaire. Oh, you're a millionaire. You're going to have a private jet. I mean, 
that literally this is what happens. And it's, <laughs> it's so insane. My own mother was like, oh, yeah, you're writing a book. I wanted to write one. Too. <laughs> <laughs> you have to be, and I will tell you, 15 years ago, I probably wouldn't have been able to do this because that's tough. And then you're getting a ton of rejection. You're getting really hardcore. You're getting a lot of support, but you're also getting a ton of rejection. And when you're writing a story like that's really personal to you, just as you are on submission right now, as you said, and you're getting rejected, and that, and because that's your story, that is your story. Some of it's personal to you. So how dare? Oh my god! <laughs> but it just makes you tougher. Just, just do it. See it through. Yeah. Believe in yourself. Believe. You can do this. Very good. That is very good advice. Well, Diane, we are definitely out of time now. And I thank you so much for just being on the show and sharing a little bit about yourself, your writing process, and some of the very best writing advice <laughs> that can be heard. <laughs> so thank you very much. I know that um, I, I actually said in your intro that I have failed you because you sent me an arc and I still haven't finished it, but I am working on it and I will get the review up just as soon as possible. I'll do to that. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, thank you, Tamara, so much for having me. Thank you, and I hope you have a great day. Thanks, you too. Bye, Diane. Bye. I hope you enjoyed the little chat with Diane C. Braley, author of The Silence in the Sound. If you are interested in reading her debut, The Silence in the Sound, or her book of poetry, Unheard Whispers, you can find both of those on Amazon. I will put the link below, as well as where you can find Diane on social media. That is all that I have for you today. I do want to let you know that this episode is airing on October 19th. I will have a newsletter coming out around November 1st. <laughs> so if you haven't signed up yet, you can visit my website, saywordbeller.com, and you can click on the little box at the top of the page to sign up. You get a free short story with it. It is one of my widow stories is what I call them because I wrote about five of them <laughs> and they're all, um, they all are set in France or they have something to do with France. So, um, anyway, if you are interested in keeping up with what I have going on, you can sign up for my newsletter, get that free story, and then you will get a fancy new newsletter <laughs> issue in your inbox around the 1st of November. As far as what I have going on, I am working on the historical that will be released next year. And I will be letting all of my newsletter subscribers know the publication date in that November newsletter. And I will also be revealing the publication date for my novella, Second Chances, in that newsletter. So this is kind of a big newsletter. It's letting you know kind of what I have coming up. And you'll also get to see the cover for Second Chances. So <laughs> if you haven't signed up and you're interested, please go to my website and do that. 
other than that, I don't really have anything going on. I am recording this on September 14th, so who knows what's happened between now and October 19th. <laughs> but if you want to know, and it's not a podcast episode day, or it's not a newsletter month, you can always find me on social media. I am on Instagram, at Eller. I am also on TikTok. I'll put that below because I still don't know quite how to link my TikTok. <laughs> anyway, that's all for now. Sorry about the notification on my phone. I hope that you have a great day. Until next time, as usual, as always, take care and keep writing. Bye.